Derek Olson here to reconstruct the prehistoric past with you. So in this episode, I feature a segment from a recent interview I did with author and host of the Earth Ancients podcast, Cliff Dunning, about Mayan technology and possible megaliths and ancient structures on Mars. You are not going to want to miss this episode. Uh, But before we jump in, I want to let you know that registration is live for our second annual Megalithic Marvels of Egypt tour coming this May. And I want to invite you to join me in renowned Egyptologist and tour guide Muhammad Ibrahim for the adventure of a lifetime. It's going to be a 12-day expedition to see and touch the world's greatest superstructures for a limited time only. Literally like a few days left, you can get $300 off registration by using the code um, on our events page. You can go to megalithicmarvels.com forward slash tours or click the link in the show notes below. Uh, All the information is there and I really hope you'll consider joining us. There's several things that make our tour I believe stand out from most tours to Egypt and the biggest is that we are going to specialize in looking for evidence of lost ancient technology. Again, go to megalithicmarvels.com forward slash tours or click the link in the show notes. Okay, let's get to my interview with Cliff Dunning now. Robert Barreros, in his book, uh, 2012 talks about the height of the Mayan culture, and that at one point over 50,000 pyramids were active. In other words, they were pushing energy into the atmosphere, they sat on faults. And he says, and he passed away in 2021. To this day, there's only 5,500 that are active, so they're picking up this energy and they're distributing it out through their pyramids. Um, Why we don't know more about it, I think it's kind of a big secret. We know that NASA was down at Chichen Itza like 10 years ago and basically put a tent or a, not a tent, a uh, covered wall around the El Castillo, the main pyramid, so that they could do testing. And they were there for like almost a month testing the frequencies apparently that are emitted from the pyramid there so that tells you something uh why it's not more widely known probably is because they found some exotic energy they found some exotic uh discharge from the pyramid and they haven't figured it out yet so interesting yeah you know um on in Pakal's tomb on the lid is the famous depictions of him seated in almost what looks like could be a flying machine, some kind of technological device. You've also talked about various Mayan figurines that are like a thousand years old that are almost wearing what we would say looks like a spacesuit of some sort. Um, do you think this is just mostly symbolic somehow, um, supernatural beliefs, or do you think? Uh, the Maya may have had some kind of knowledge of or even possessed some form of lost tech in like 600 AD? I think that they had full-blown technology that could yeah, that could be applied to self-propelled machines, flying craft. Um, I found excellent evidence for sub-zero to zero atmosphere suits. In fact, one of the suits that I have in my own collection 
is so accurate. I had an astronaut, a um, former Apollo astronaut, look it over. He was in charge of the suits that they wore during the missions. And he said that the, the, the suit that I sent him, the photos that I sent him, is a dead on, dead ringer for the Sub-Zero suits, helmet wear, and even what appears to be the uh, headset and the microphone inside the head, the head suit, the helmet, uh, which was dumbfounding and a definite out of place artifact. I think that uh, at some point uh, there was uh, a whole different science and technology that was uh, uh, availed to the Maya that was handed down to them. Um, if you look at some of the new discoveries made by archaeologists in Mexico, they're finding these huge, huge, what they call platforms uh, that are found through for LIDAR. There's one in um, uh, north of Oaxaca uh, in an area that's thought of to be the Olmec, but now appears to be Maya. It is this exact configuration for a modern uh, a runway plane runway they can't even get their brain around that so they call it a platform but the analysis that uh, has been discovered is that this is a multi-layer surface it's a weight-bearing surface that has tons of cement underneath it tons of huge blocks of granite that support heavy heavy weight it looks more likely that it was a runway of some kind, <laughs> which wow. is mind blowing for me to say, but see, I don't have a PhD behind my, my name. I don't have to worry about my <laughs> tenure. So I can say things like this, right. <laughs> but I mean, we're not talking about one uh, last wait, uh, last December, they found 500 of these platforms. Average length is a runway. The larger ones are like two runways. And they're perfectly flat. There's uh, a pyramid configuration uh, that is around them that would support some of this technology we're talking about, unseen energetics that would be used to propel these craft. Uh, so it, it could be another 100 years before we actually get the clarification. I think, again, and I keep saying this, is that some kid at MIT is going to develop scanning technology to be able to figure out what the energy is behind the Maya. So, and that's what propelled these craft. That's kind of out there to say, but <laughs> it's like, I, it's so prevalent. And, and uh, the, the native people acknowledge this. They acknowledge yes, flying craft. Yeah. So the natives themselves acknowledge that. Wow. Um, that's a good segue. I know we don't have much more time. I want to talk a little bit with you about Mars. You've, you've had a lot of episodes on your podcast last couple of years about Mars. I know you're writing a book um, about the uh, black satellite. I want to hear about that. Uh, but let's start out with, um, and this is going to all point to, is there ancient structures on Mars? But, you know, there's been a lot of news lately, uh, last couple of weeks about this door that I believe, what was it, the NASA rover beamed back? Um, what's your take on the supposed door? Do you think that could have been some kind of ancient structure up there, or is this just um, much to do about nothing? I I, I love the uh, photos that come back. Um, one of the big telling notes is that a lot of these photographs aren't really uh, 
um, shown to what scale they truly are. So uh, the big door opening could be like, oh, wow, is that 20 feet tall? Is that a monstrous door? Well, apparently when they uh, do a uh, survey of the, of the neighboring area, the door's barely six feet uh, tall uh, and, and it looks clean and, and it could be you know, an opening. It's not really the smoking gun uh, of uh, anomalies that I've discovered on the surface of the planet. Um, and honestly, <laughs> I'm a little jaded because there's been a lot of other, over the years, there's been a lot of other supposed doorways and um, uh, what peer, appears to be openings to someplace. So um, it could be, very well could be. I think some of the other imagery that comes from the surface of the planet, especially things that look like engines, um, reflecting light from the sun, uh, mechanical devices, which are plainly uh, mechanical, they do not go noticed. Those are real out of place artifacts. Uh, and for years, going back to Richard Hoagland's book and Mike Barra's book, The Monuments on Mars in the late uh, 1990s, I've been a, a fan of it. I had Hoagland at a conference one time and I was like, some of the photos he showed were just totally mind blowing because at that time, the planetary scientists that he had on his crew were actually working with uh, Hoagland and, and talking with him. In the most recent interviews I've done with guys like uh, Dr. Uh, Mark Carlotto, who's an image specialist, every effort has been made to classify or clarify the statements they make about artificiality. And he's shown through his software that many portions of Cydonia, uh, uh, Atlantis Chaos is where this big city is, is another area. These are, these are massive ruins. These are massive cities that have been laid to waste by some horrific event. Um, and uh, that event appears to be a nuclear detonation uh, that happened over a hundred million years ago. So when we see, when you hear that, you have to be thinking, what is a building gonna look like that's got a hundred million years on it? Is it gonna be as crisp, angular with materials? Or is the uh, weather systems and the atmosphere gonna begin to soften corners and make things rounded? Uh, I firmly have the belief that we are uh, being told a huge lie by NASA JPL in their $2.5 billion um, program of sending a, a rover up there. They're looking for microbes in water. And I, I joke about this. They're probably bumping into the staircase of the temple, you know, but turn that, turn that lens, turn that camera. <laughs> so I, I fully believe that the Chinese are probably going to out NASA. And uh, if that happens, I hope they fire everybody in that program because we've, we haven't got the real story for 30 years. That is so crazy to think about. You mentioned uh, Richard Hoagland. I know you've had George uh, Haas of the Sidonia Institute on your podcast a lot. Um, of all of the 
possible evidence you've seen, Cliff, of the hidden history of Mars, what to you would you say is some of the greatest possible evidence of, of these possible ancient megalithic structures? The, the best is, uh, and I, I posted him a couple of months ago, Dr. Um, John Brandenburg, who's a plasma physicist, he was a planetary science and a consultant for NASA in the early, um, I guess it's the Viking period when they do the, the Viking uh, satellite. And he discovered that there was a, uh, a particle in Mars's atmosphere that is the discharge from a nuclear explosion. And it's an isotope, and uh, it's only found in areas where there's been a, um, a nuclear explosion. Of course, Earth has a ton of, a, of this uh, isotope in its atmosphere because we have blown a whole bunch of nuclear bombs. But not only did he found evidence of this isotope, he scanned the planet and found the two detonation points of these explosions. And he said that each of the devices was as tall as the uh, Empire State Building. And the blast was of such a significance that in his estimation as a planetary scientist, it almost completely removed the atmosphere of the planet, laying waste to everything on the surface, causing huge tidal waves and tsunamis. And this is what we see on the surface now. We see what looks like massive sand dunes of uh, prevailing and, and powerful water waves moving through huge sections of the planet. So that's a very telling um, uh, statement. And then he wrote a book called Death on Mars, um, where he was privy to uh, some of the um, top secret images of a, of a portion of a city. And I can't think of the name of it. I want to say uh, Atlantis Chaos but it's a, a city that was by a lake. And next to these cities are two very large faces, like the face on Cydonia. And when he showed me those, I was like, and I, I'm, a, I'm an artist, I'm an illustrator. I said, these are the most beautifully constructed faces that I'd ever, <laughs> that I'd ever seen. And uh, a lot of people don't know about John, um, but I, I, uh, I've had him on a few times and it's, it's very compelling. In fact, he, when he speaks, NASA is humiliated. In fact, they have moved him around after he's been on my show to different locations. Really? Because <laughs> they want to bury him. Yeah, we, he was off. He was uh, incognito for probably almost two years, maybe more than two years after I had him in uh, 2019. We couldn't get a hold of him. Hmm. So... But what's going to happen is the Chinese are going to send a rover or another, like maybe the European Space Agency will send a rover. They'll bump into the, to the temples. They'll bump into the buildings and NASA will be exposed. You know, and it's so funny. People go, you know, what do you mean there's ruins on Mars? Well, it's evident in so many locations. It's evident on the internet. There's a number of various... Uh, uh, geologists who have studied the surface of the planet. There's planetary scientists. Um, in fact, I sent a photo of uh, a cluster of ruined, ruined buildings from Atlantis Chaos 
to uh, uh, a few archaeologists, not telling them it was Mars. And the first reaction of a couple of them was, uh, what, what did they find when they excavated it? So their recognition of these buildings was very uh, paramount. It was like, okay, I see this. And this is what we're using today. Most uh, Egypt Egyptologists and more, more likely archeologists are using LIDAR scans to begin their work and not just guessing. So they'll start with a specific area. Well, this photo that I sent to these guys, these archeologists, it's like they got the basics. So now they can go start digging. <laughs> what was their reaction when you told them, yeah, this is from Mars? One guy hung up after about <laughs> 10 minutes because I think I embarrassed him. And the other guy said, oh no, this is like, that's like, you know, someplace in the South America, isn't it? Because it kind of looks like South America. Uh, he goes, I think he was just uh, dumbfounded as to it could be on Mars. So fascinating. Tell us about your book. Um, is it the Black Knight Satellite? When the Black Knight Satellite? Yeah. Uh, well, there's been this persistent ru uh, rumor that there's a piece of alien technology that uh, orbits our Earth. Apparently, in 1960, it was discovered as the United States developed its long-range radar, long-range radar, um, to uh, intercept ballistic missiles that were coming from Russia. It was actually invented uh, as a, a add-on to early radar technology that we used at the end of the Second World War. So it was pretty archaic. archaic. Uh, but what this long-range radar found was that orbiting Earth was, uh, they call them Earthlets, little tiny chunks of, of uh, planetary uh, bodies, um, but also the strange uh, uh, object that they termed the Black Knight satellite because it was found on a specific night. It was thought of as a, uh, uh, some other, they thought it was Russian technology, but it turned out to be uh, too sophisticated for the Russians. And the real weird thing about it is that it changes its trajectory. So in other words, it will move and correct its orbit around the planet. Uh, it, to make a long story short, it is thought to have been ET. In fact, there's a new video coming out now by um, Billy Carson on the Black Knight satellite, and they all think it's ET. What I discovered, and I'm giving away a little bit of the book, is it is a piece of uh, a relic technology from the great war for earth that is the Mahabharata it's listed in the Mahabharata approximately uh, eight to 12,000 years ago uh, an alien civilization tried to uh, overtake earth and this is a piece of technology that's left from that war uh, that is orbiting the earth now it's still functioning uh, by all indications, it's sentient, meaning it has consciousness. It not only corrects its trajectory, it has some form of nanotechnology, which allows it to morph into different shapes to speed up, to slow down. Um, there have been a couple of different shuttle missions where they tried to capture it. 
and bring it into the bay of the, of the shuttle. The, the thing's too smart for him. It moves out of the way of the big grip, the big hand. Um, and I spent a good deal of time talking about the team of scientists that were assembled to study this device. So um, this book's probably going to be out next year. I don't know who the publisher is. I do know who wants to publish it. Um, but it's a special piece that I have to be real careful with because uh, I really don't want them to edit stuff out. There's really, really critical material that leads us to be thinking about other possibilities. Um, the biggest one for me is that Earth is, uh, has been populated by very sophisticated Earth-based humans, extremely sophisticated, uh, developing technology that is mind-blowing. We get hints of it uh, when we go to Egypt. We get hints of it when we go to India and we see the temples. We get a lot of hints of it in Maya land in South America. Uh, uh, Tiwanaku is, is a great example. You've been there. You've seen it. Um, and, and other parts of, of, um, of our planet. So, um, yeah, the Black Knight satellite is a fascinating topic. And uh, I'm almost done. <laughs> Not quite. I got a ways to go, but I'm, I'm getting there. Awesome. And it's cool to hear that you've got a publisher, it sounds like, lined up chomping at the bit to publish it for you. So that's a huge piece of the puzzle, too. Yeah, it's actually, there's two publishers that are kind of going head to head on it. Um, I mean, it's there's so little data on the satellite. And it's the speculation runs high, you know, it's an ET craft. It is uh, been here for thousands of years. I mean, you know, who knows? Hard to say. Well, that's exciting. Um, well, I want to honor your time. This has been a fascinating interview, Cliff. Uh, thanks so much for joining me. And uh, what's what's the best way for our audience to connect with you? Uh, is it the Facebook group? Is it some other way? If they want to... Um... Connect with me directly. Uh, you can go to cliff at earthancients.com is my email. I have a website, earthancients.com. You can see the podcast we produce, uh, Earth Ancients podcast once a week, and then Destiny is every Wednesday. Um, and uh, we have a new uh, YouTube page. Um, and let me just get the data on that. It just I had a company in London just put it up. And it's they're really short, but to the point, um, video productions. Hang on a second, and I'll give you the actual. Um, the actual URL. Uh, it's Matrix Wisdom videos. M A T R I X Wisdom. W I S D O M. So that is the new YouTube page just went up a couple of weeks ago. Oh, cool. And these are things that we've been talking about with, and then we actually present the experts uh, and they're short. I think the most, the, the longest is about an hour. Uh, but this is a, a new platform we're trying and we're, uh, I've been told occasionally I'm long winded. So the guy edits <laughs> me. <down. laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah, uh, a matrix wisdom uh, is the parent. And then this is the new uh, channel for everybody from Graham Hancock, who's the best-selling author into some of the newer um, research investigators looking at a lot of the problems I figure uh, I present on the podcast. So yeah, that's it. Awesome. Well, we'll, uh, we'll follow you on those uh, channels. Like I said, to everybody listening or watching, jump into the Earth Ancients Facebook group. Lots of great conversations and photos there. Uh, obviously, subscribe to Earth Ancients Podcast and um, be looking for Cliff's book coming out next year. Cliff, thanks so much, my friend. A pleasure, D. I really enjoyed it. Thanks. We'll do it again. Thanks. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast and check out my last two episodes where I featured segments from an interview I did on the Confessionals podcast with Tony Merkel, where we talked about the rediscovery of lost ancient technology that is currently underway. Not going to want to miss that either. And until next time, keep exploring. <laughs>